The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Founded by Asia-based recruiters back in 2012, over a thousand recruitment companies choose Vincere to accelerate their growth. Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.com io forward slash talent talk asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast hi i'm andrea ross your host and in this series we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces opportunities and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape if you're keen to be a guest on the show then please reach out Meet Ethan Tan, director of Annexium Partners. Ethan graduated from SMU in 2013. Yes, he's that young. And worked for the likes of Spencer Ogden, starting as a rookie consultant and progressing to senior consultant, principal consultant and business leader for the property and construction sector. In March 2020, he launched Annexium Partners, which aspires to be a premier built environment global headhunting consultancy which is backed by the global recruitment firm Next Wave Partners. Now, you'll probably remember that I interviewed Adam Wade, who's one of the founders late in 2019, and it was, a, it was titled Making Waves in Recruitment. Today, you will hear Ethan's story at setting up a new business under Next Wave Ventures, the highs and lows of being his own boss, and his take on the future of built environment, and obviously much more. Good morning, Ethan. How are you this morning. morning? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How is it going? Yeah, we're doing well. <laughs> so, and you, you are looking pretty dapper this morning, considering you're working from home with that shirt on. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. dressed for this occasion. I man. know. Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. I must admit, I, I tried to make an effort. I put a little bit of makeup on, which is, which is definitely something I rarely do now whilst on lockdown. <laughs> okay, let's kick off. Um, now, this is the second time that we've obviously had the opportunity to talk because we had a yeah. quick kind of chat a few weeks ago. And I'm, yep. I'm really excited to have you on the show and obviously learn a little bit more about Built Environment. Now, as, as you know, it's a three-part series on Built Environment. I've had a couple of guests already on the show, so I know a little bit about that world. Um, but you spent a few years with Spencer Ogden. So run me through, you know, your, your background there. What did, you, what did you get up to over there? Sure, sure. Um, so firstly, thank you so much for inviting me uh, for this show welcome. as well. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so I, I started my recruitment career with Spencer Ogden as a junior consultant. Okay. And uh, was part of the pioneer team for the Southeast Asian Desk for oh, okay. the environment. Oh, really? And, so and no that, one else was on it before? Yeah, no, no one. Oh. Well, yeah, no one. Well, it, it, my my boss came in to, to set up the whole team. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the first few uh, team members that he, he enrolled. Okay. Okay. And uh, the B environment team was consists of the property and real estate desk, the construction and engineering desk, as the and, and the interior design and architecture interior desk. Design. Yeah. Okay. So, so so over time, I had the opportunities to mentor new consultants and eventually progress to hit the built environment desk, uh, where I oversaw the P and L of the team. The oh, you did. Okay. Training of new consultants. Uh, okay. Oh, so you'd gone from a junior consultant and led people as well, 
and looked after that pillar. Yeah, oh, okay. correct. So yeah, so so that that whole uh, that whole uh, growth period of okay. my recruitment career all happened in Spencer Ogden. Ah, okay. <laughs> so so you're probably feeling a little bit lonely right now then, aren't you? That it's you just you and your lonesome <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, with Adam and Alex and a whole whole bunch of friends yeah, that I, I meet in yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, next wave. <laughs> So that made me less lonelier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So what what was sort of your reasons or what was your motivations to move from Spencer Ogden? Because obviously, I mean, they're pretty, you know, they're well known. They're pretty solid. Um, you know, I know there's been a little bit of turnover, what I've heard in the last few years with them. But talk us through your, your motivations to move. Sure. So I was in a comfortable position with a lot of guidance, a lot of support from my colleagues and friends mm. in Spencer Ogden. Um, but I'm also someone who pushes my own boundaries. So I would like to be an entrepreneur and someday even pass on my experience, my resources to other budding entrepreneurs. So okay. when when a rare opportunity was presented to me by Next Wave to fulfill my aspirations, I thought, you know, it'd be too good an opportunity to miss. So so that's interesting. So when you first started talking to Adam and Alex over at Next yeah. Wave, was this something that they initially were going to talk to you about coming on board just to next wave then like i want to i kind of want to get more of an understanding on how did it come from not that you not joining next wave and actually building a completely separate brand <laughs> under them like that's not that's not something you hear very often when people go for interviews right so what what happened yeah. what happened to get it to that point right so uh, of course when adam and alex uh, first uh, chatted up with me, uh, the the idea was to come in and build a team yeah. uh, under the Next Wave brand. Right. Um, my 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 first thought was uh, whether you know it actually allowed me to elevate my career uh-huh. uh, versus staying in Spencer Ogden. Yeah. So um, when uh, they got creative and thought that hey, why not you know uh, partner with Next Wave and to set up an entirely different brand. So that you know, it could be a it could be a win win situation for both uh, Next Wave partners and myself. I yeah. thought that you know it was not difficult for me to decide on on this path, as it was very aligned to my career aspirations. I clicked very well with Alex and Adam mm. with the same business mindset, and they have a very successful track record with Next Wave. So I was very excited to be able to learn from their experience, mm. to to have access to ready resources, guidance from them. Yeah. Um, it's so a bit different, line, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit. I thought, it's a bit different, isn't it? It's a bit different than it what is. It normally. It was exactly. It was a surprising turn, uh, in the, in that conversation. Yeah. Right. So I I didn't expect that to happen. So when that came, I I was very blessed, and that motivated me to take the plunge. So so. What what if I'm sort of, sort of been an outsider asking this question? Obviously, um, sure. What's the benefits? What's the benefits for you being under another brand? Why couldn't you sort of plant devil's advocate here? Why couldn't you have set up on your own and not have had two bosses above you, so to speak, that you could do this on your own? What what stopped you doing that? Well, I have had many uh, thoughts. You know, to to set up something entirely myself, mm. I I feel that I have a lot to learn. Mm. I feel that I have a lot of skill sets gaps that probably I need to constantly hone, uh, brush up, 
and I'm, I'm not perfect, right? I, I probably could be an okay builder, but when it comes to leading a company, there's a lot for me to, right. to be right. to develop on. Yeah. So when when I look at when I look at Adelax and Adam, I look at Next Wave's brand, you know, they they they, they are running a successful uh, runway, uh, they have uh, resources, they have the infrastructure. Mm. Um, mm. It versus, versus me going going to uh, have to do it all by myself. Uh, it's a quicker path for me to really get started yeah. um, into that, onto that revenue generation path, onto that growth path. Um, so rather than figuring out all by myself, yeah. why reinvent the wheel? Why not just take the best uh, out from next wave yeah. and whatever I've learned from Spencer Ogden, I can mash them up, create a connections way and, and just... Uh, get on with it in the market. <laughs> I think I think you're probably feeling quite happy that you did make that decision, considering what's going on in the world. That actually being under a brand in times like this, where I think if anything, we do look at leaders. You know, especially everyone's looking at political leaders at the moment on how they're leading countries through this pandemic right and it's a bit the same when you look <laughs> yeah. at a leader it's kind of this is the time where you want to look up and go <laughs> we'd love some new ideas we'd love to know how we're going to get through this um and I think as a new leader exactly. like yourself that's it's good that you can leverage off that so I, I appreciate you being exactly. honest on that because I think I think sometimes people can, can set up recruitment firms and then actually realize well all I've done is actually manage a team I've never really run a business that's quite different isn't it in terms of that growth mode um yeah. Talk, talk me through the name, Annexium Partners. Is, does that, what does that mean? I mean, obviously, I suppose, does the partners, is that because of Next Wave Partners? Or talk, talk me through where yeah. the name came from. So it, it, it was really a, a struggle coming out with a distinctive name. Yeah, I that, bet it was. Uh, encapsulates our vision of uh, connecting every stakeholder in the built environment sector. Yeah. So I bounced off ideas with a friend who was known in my little circle to be very creative. Uh, she suggested playing around with the word connection. Yeah. And we found that annex means actually a, a building joined to or associated with a main building, Hi. providing additional space or accommodation. So it's quite synonymous, oh, you know, with it. the idea of connection. Yeah. So we, we merged that with connection. And She's a smart cookie. Hola. Annexion yeah. was born. <laughs> that is awesome. And, I'm and gonna you know, remember that now. <laughs> and you know, it, it coincides so beautifully because in a meeting, right? Uh, Adam pointed out, "Hey, Annexion has an X. Next Wave has an X. Why not? In, you know, make sure that it's highlighted in the logo to signify our connections oh. and values, our relationship with Next Wave. So it was entirely unintentional. Oh, that is very smart. <laughs> that, I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think having that partner, though, then you can always quickly remember that it is part of the next wave group that's that's pretty smart so as you know we've got we've had um a couple of other um competitors so we can put it out there we've had colbert we've had archer um they've already had a lot of fighting talk on on their podcast as well (laughs) so what 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 would you say what would you say makes you different what does make your business different i appreciate your new kid on the block so to speak in terms of business but I know in terms of experience you're, mm. you're not a new kid on the block so what would you say to, to clients and candidates or even potential recruiters coming to come on look to come on board to you what makes you different mm. well to be honest I, I don't know how Archer and Cobot operate internally and uh, I have known them in the industry yep. and uh, I have tremendous respect for them 
I nicely said, nicely said, nicely yes, said, yeah, like it, like I, it. Like I respect, I respect <laughs> them as my as my uh, business rivals. Love it. I, I come across them in in the market. Okay. Uh, and I I I love it. I I love that. I love that healthy competition yeah. in the industry. Uh, I'm not sure if we are really any different in terms of the work that we cover. Uh, but maybe I can share more about what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the whole spectrum of built environment that Annexion has expertise and operations in, um, I guess one very distinct difference is that Annexion operates with a mentality of uh, venture capital, where we want to bring in young, driven recruiters mm-hmm. who are entrepreneurial, who want to stick in the growth of the business through an equity incentive uh, system. So in the long run, well, we build a successful business that attracts venture mergers and acquisitions. Uh, we are also prepared to invest in high-performing uh, talents who come through the Nexion system and uh, would like to create their own legacies. So it's also important to note that uh, Nexion operates with a set of uh, strong vision, mission, and core values uh, that we hold very dearly to, uh, to serve all our stakeholders in the built environment well. We, we believe that as long as our day-to-day behaviors are consistent with our vision, mission, and core values, all else will follow. So when, so when, we're, when we're saying about th- those types of talents that are coming in, that obviously sounds perfect, right, what you said. Um, but how are you going about trying to find those types of talent? Because I think that's everyone wants to be able to bring those types of people on board and bring them into an organization yeah. like yourselves. But yeah. how are you going about trying to find that type of talent? Because let's be honest, they're not they're not growing on trees. Mm. So um, the first hire is always the most important hire because um, if this first hire comes mm. on board and be True. successful, yeah. They will, they will spread to their circle of uh, friends. Ultimately, I would like <clears throat> to have, uh, to, to, to have, uh, be in a position where Annexion's uh, reputation brand name is, uh, is a good in the market where, um, you know, consultants in Annexion feels, feel proud to be sharing with their circle of friends. And, you know, hopefully that will encourage, inspire, motivate uh, yeah. some of their friends to join the business. And, you know, we, we create this healthy that sort of cycle. Word, that word of mouth. So are you, are you looking at people yeah. that, have, that have come from that particular built environment or are you, are you open to seeing people mm. from other places, from other sectors? Well, I, of course, um, it will be a faster track uh, for somebody with prior experience to come on mm. board. Um, you know, it, it's easier to 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 grow and and develop them, other than really getting them to understand the market. Yeah. Having said that, I think really most important for an action is the 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 the, the skill sets. Not sorry, not skill sets. The soft side of theirs. When I mean that, right? It, what I'm really uh, trying to drive at is how curious are they. Do they have uh, a strong sense of their yeah, why? Are they are they yeah. really in, are they internally driven, right, to make a career, make success out uh, of this opportunity yeah. or this this role given to them? Yeah. Um. So so I think it's this attributes uh, that they have uh, that will then drive the day to day behaviors that will then drive uh, a connection to be. Uh, in sync with our vision, our mission, our core values, um, and that will then, uh, you know, drive success. 
yeah, I think for them for the business. Yeah, I think I think the hardest thing for any for any new business is, is as you said, that second, third, fourth hire. Because if you get the second and third wrong, you can ruin your you can ruin a bit of the reputation to your clients' candidates and it just take yeah. it just pulls pulls you back so much. So I t- yeah. I totally appreciate trying yeah. to find I think the hardest thing is just trying to find during interviewing whether you have got someone that is internally motivated because I think sometimes yeah, pe- pe- people, people could always say that, yeah, of course I am. Um but actually I think that there really is a need for a huge amount of sort of competency based interview questions to really get people to recall back exactly you know demonstrate yeah. for me how you can show that you know demonstrate to me your motivation to do xyz or how you've gone about yeah. this particular problem or um, yeah. sh- show me resilience in action in the last six months because otherwise i think you, it's so easy to see someone on paper and see a number i hear so many exactly. i talk to so many recruitment heads and oh i can't hide this great girl or hide this great guy he was doing 500 a year came on to me and he can't make anything well because the environment that, that perhaps that person came from was a lot of roles flicked to them and it was really more of a transactional role. But actually going into your role is quite different, isn't it? They are going to have to be fairly resourceful. Um, as much as Next Wave have mm. got that reputation, it's still early doors, right, in terms of probably yeah. some relationships, yeah. Yeah. So, so, Andrew, what do you think? Like, you know, for you, you have been in the industry for, for such a long time, like, like, what are some of the key attributes you look at, you know, in the initial stage to really identify potential candidates that have those, those yeah, attributes? Yeah, I th- I th- I'm probably a little bit old school, really, but I've that's always worked. That's <laughs> old all, school that's, always worked, man. That's always, work, that's always worked for me. I, th- I think a lot of it is you've just got to, I, I think the one thing is you can't pick people that are like you all the time. <laughs> you can't always think, okay, look, oh, they're, you know, because that kind of bias, it can really um, hit um kick you in the arse so I think just making sure that you, you you understand that everyone's different I think for me especially mm. for say Robert Walter Singapore we had about up, up to about 70 consultants at one stage and I just the amount of different personalities within and mm. and they're not always the loud mouth extroverts that are all making the money that you have this perception when you come out of the UK that that's what makes a great recruiter it's not yeah. it, it's not you know to have that consistency mm. build relationships with clients you know can sometimes be actually quite introvert type people quite analytical quite process driven mm. so um it isn't always that the, the the type of personality that some people can hire or see an interview that isn't always that it isn't always the case i think it's just getting really deep in the interviewing really 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 deep i mean i i i used to put together um really detailed questioning just in regards mm. to exactly their portfolio, how they generated their revenue, what their average fee is, how they're looking to move their average fee from this to this, because then I could mm. see how strategic they were. Were they really working month by month or were they thinking about what they were going to achieve six months, 12 months down the line? Mm. That's someone that's, mm. that's someone that's career driven. Um, but also just, you know, how, what manager are they best to work under? You know, everyone mm. everyone can be inspired by different people. So what types of people have they had in their lives that they're inspired by? And what are mm. those traits and characteristics of that person that makes them be the best they can be? Because again, that gives you an idea of what kind of environment that they that they excel in. Um, so I, I don't always think taking everyone from recruitment is always was always the way I've hired mm. fantastic people that aren't recruiters at all. Um, Singapore Airlines stewardesses are fantastic, boys <laughs> and girls. Some of the best ones I've worked with. They've, but uh, but the the difference with those types of profiles, or taking sort of ex relationship managers, are, are is the fact that they've perhaps studied whilst they've worked. 
You know, they, mm. they, they've done mm. some, they've worked harder, you know, than, than mm. say someone else. Um, and I think, again, it's just that kind of really working hard sort of mentality. But anyway, that this isn't about me. This is about you today. So I'm going to move quick. I'm going to move. No, I love it. Swift, Thanks for the I'm going to move swiftly I have, on. <laughs> I've noted down mentally, these are going to be, you know, in addition to my recruitment process. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's let's look at um, sort of the next wave venture. Now, what, what surprised you most since joining forces with them? Good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> well, Adam and Alex are listening. What surprised me the most uh, is the extremely people-centric culture that yeah. uh, Alex and Adam has built. Mm. And how because of that, high performance becomes almost uh, an inevitable result of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for my time in Spencer Ogden and um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, you know, what are some of the best practices that I can take from Spencer Ogden, what are some of the things that uh, Alex and Eden ha- have done for uh, Next Wave and, and mesh them up together to create a next strong culture. What would you say are the best things that came out of Spencer Ogden for, for you? I think, I think uh, Spencer Ogden has uh, created uh, a high individual performance culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we really focus a lot on um, not just the numbers, right? Num- numbers is an output of activities. Yeah. But it's really about the, the quality and the quantity of activities that we do on a day-to-day basis, which translates into a week-by-week uh, basis. And ultimately, all this uh, result in uh, performance, regardless of whether it's short-term um, sales that we bring in or long-term relationships that uh, we, we, we bring in. So uh, I, think, I think that actually is a fantastic training ground for uh, consultants like myself. You yeah. know, when I joined Spencer Ogden, I came in without any experience. I was selling GoPro cameras. Were before. you? Were you really? <laughs> yes, I was selling yeah, I was selling GoPro cameras like uh, <laughs> in, in retail store. That's yes, it. That's what yes. I'm saying. You don't always have to take people from recruitment. There we go. You're a great example exactly. of that. So from a revenue <laughs> perspective, what was a good revenue number for you like in terms of, you know, your highest fee or what would you tend to on average make at Spencer Ogden sort of each year? You, that's I, okay to uh, ask. I, I mean, to be honest, I was never a million dollar builder. <laughs> there is that um, many million dollar billers out there, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I guess um, probably I have done some okay results uh, in my career so far, and I'm happy to share my journey. Um, so I kickstarted the first year of my recruitment career. Uh, I was able to do 280K uh, in terms of revenue. That's really good. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I proceeded with 330k in my second year of my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I became a team leader, I continued building while well, managing a team of up to eight members. Well, so my personal building yeah, progressed to 420k plus minus during uh, my were, time as a business And you leader. were managing as well when you did those numbers. That's, that's pretty yes, impressive, correct. actually. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really correct. impressive. But yeah, but to be honest, right, I think really what I was really proud of is was more of the team performance versus my own performance. Yeah. Um, I, I feel a personal sense of fulfillment when I'm more of an enabler to bring the consultants in my team to a high building level. 
and uh, progress in their careers rather than just to be the that big individual builder so, in the office. So how did you, I mean, you've gone from probably a small amount to eight people and see that's a sizable amount of people and you consider one-on-ones going out and client meetings with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> talk, talk me through... I know it's not on the. I know I've not prepared you for this. I'm awful for doing this. I apologise. I have a habit. <laughs> I have a habit of just adding in just because I'm really interested to no, know the answer. It's okay, I'll try. How, cut, how, cut, cut it off if I'm not answering. <laughs> right. How, how, did, how, how did you go about building a high-performing team? If you were to sort of tell someone some advice that was listening, that this is my advice on how I got it from zero to eight and made it performing. What what would you? How would you respond to that? Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Yep. So, so promise me that you'll share with me your two cents worth after I share no, my absolutely. humble view. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess it really depends on the starting point, right? So, um, in Spencer Ogden, uh, I, the 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 way the strategy was to really bring in uh, put uh, c- candidates with high potential, and then uh, potentially uh, look at look at uh, utilizing their potential and and uh, you know bring out their performance uh, through that through that. Uh, Potential. So, so of course, when they first come on board, um, it is really important to be closely guiding them to make sure that uh, they are sticking to uh, good practices, uh, good habits. Um, that you know, when when skilled up, uh, will allow them to start seeing the fruits of their labor. So, if I if I really look at um, the the day to day activities will be will be you know how many what kind of conversations are they having with their candidates what kind of yeah. conversations are they having with their clients yeah. um, that that's the that 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 settles the quality piece on a quantity piece how are they maximizing their time right how yeah, how are one. they how yeah correct how many how many candidates are they are they calling and through that candidate calls how many uh, leads do they generate. Right. Um, As opposed many, to just going through a list and because you've told exactly. them to go through how many, fifty yeah, candidates. It's, it's really about <laughs> exactly. It's about it's about building their relationship, expanding their relationship, and maintaining their relationship. And that's yeah. when you know it, it's not just a one-time call, but it's about periodically yeah. uh, re-establish touching point, ch- touching base with uh, these uh, candidates and our partners. So, so I think I think it's about closely guiding them. Uh, and when they do uh, internalize those practices and they do see the results of in, in that, then it's time to elevate them and slowly uh, focusing the conversation to more of more of a strategic conversation rather yeah. than a practice an operational conversation. Yeah. It, it will be about hey, you know, uh, why is out in the market? Why 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 is this not uh, happening? Do you think that it could be a more macro uh, issue or more of a micro environmental issue? So, so then what is the next step? So, so then from there, the quality of conversations uh, elevate, and yeah. that's when they 
really is about putting allowing them to put on their thinking cap yeah, and allowing absolutely. them to run run their desk like a business right yeah um, well you're empowering and, them aren't you in a way how you how, how, exactly. you, how that approaches it's not a tail mode it's what do you think how are you going to get there because otherwise exactly. All, exactly if you've got a bill and manage that team that's 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 pretty yeah. tricky to do all but we, yeah exactly I'm, I'm still i'm still trying to practice that like hone that i mean uh I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. I have my fair shares of uh, failures. I think right? I think managing uh, a team of, of well. yeah, but I think <laughs> managing a team of eight people and doing those kind of numbers. I think you've got that track record. I think you're. I think you're being too humble um, on that. I, th- I think it's. I think. I think there's so much, isn't there, written or I mean, written on sort of high performing teams. I mean, I don't know if you're watching the the Netflix, the Last Dance with Michael Jordan. That's yes, been I watched that, oh, man. I love man, it so much. Man, it was so damn good. I mean, I watch it yeah. not from a sports perspective, but I watch it for a leadership and team building and high performing. And, and I just yeah. find it fascinating that obviously the onus is all on him. And when he leaves, when he left, obviously they've never won a league, whatever you call it, um, ever mm-hmm. again. So it is all just down to that one performer, which... I think sometimes in recruitment, sometimes people can feel that, oh, it's okay. We've got a really big biller. They're doing a million a year. We'll just put some people around them, make sure they keep doing the million. But it's just, it isn't the recipe for success because those million dollar recruiters will go eventually. They'll set up their own firms. And a lot of the time there's nothing on the database and you've actually left nothing. So that one million lasts for one, two years. You don't have anything after that. Yeah, it's just not, exactly. um, it's just not sustainable. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you were saying in terms of that whole empowerment. And I, th- I think I think it, it really does mean for a leader to shift their styles as time goes on, depending on who they manage. I think for graduates yeah, or really junior absolutely. people coming on board, you can stay in a certain type of style with them because it is more a little, sometimes a little bit more directive in the early days for, yep, do that, that, yeah. that. Um, but I also think yeah. when you're billing as billing managers is you've got to be the person setting that good example. You've got to be out making the money you, like you like what you were doing, going out, meeting the clients, doing the deals. Um, if yeah. they can't see that in someone that they that, that, that they report into, it's very hard for them to also do those same behaviours. So yeah. I think as someone's career goes up and you're looking after 30, 40 people, it's a little bit different to be doing exactly the same um, actions. But I think in the early days is 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 being able to switch between a different a few leadership styles dependent on the situation as well as where that mm. maturity of that consultant is. But I actually think the one biggest thing for me of turning teams around or um, and and creating more high performance is the whole one on ones. I just think it's one of the one things that is just always <laughs> never focused on. Sometimes with teams, oh, you know, right. I, don't, I don't know why we're not making money. Or well, how often do you sit down with your team? Oh, every few weeks, you know, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes in a group. It's just the recipe for disaster. It's just having mm. having those clear goals and for the, the staff to also be um, conveying what they want to achieve in that week and how they're going to get there and checking in and um, just having that clarity around what they're supposed to do. I just, I just think that is probably one of the most important times of the day, of the week with your team is that one-on-one. Yeah. It can, it can make or break a team, I think, if you... Yeah, you know, yeah, and and it's so important to ask the right questions yeah. during yeah, exactly. the one on one. Yeah, yeah, I'm still practicing that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I recently read this book on radical radical candor. Uh, candor is this yeah, this sorry. is the so one in the next yeah. wave library, right? They have a library of books that everyone yeah, reads. Exactly. I know, I know. <laughs> I exactly. love that. There's so many good points and pre- uh, uh, questions that you know we could have 
you. Uh, to be honest, I, I incorporated some of these questions into uh, the Annexion uh, guidebook. Did you? <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, because I think, I think it's so important that when we look at a business, we don't look at a short term. I think right now I'm the only one in the business, but you know, as time goes, it's so important to really put together all these questions, mm. uh, how we conduct our recruitment, uh, what kind of recruitment questions should we, should we ask, how do we conduct our training? What kind of training methodology should we incorporate? All this, you know, I, I thought of, you know, it, it's really great to incorporate them right now so that as we scale up, right, we are able to use that fantastic. to benefit yeah. any new consultants well, Yeah, in. it's your building blocks. It's fantastic. What do you, yeah. um, what do you see now that you're, you're the big honcho at the Nexium Partners? What's, um, what do you see as your biggest challenge over the next year or so? Because obviously, you know, it's not the best year to be, yeah being the being the big man of a new firm so you know what do you see <laughs> is your biggest challenge and how do you think you can overcome that i think it'll be really to build the right culture uh andrea you're absolutely right i think i think there's no point building just one or two high performers uh who will probably go after a while because they they thought that it's probably better to to do it themselves but I think I think it's so so important to build the right culture, um, where the business stays true to our core vision, mission, and core values. Where we create a high performance team rather than high performance yeah. individual. Okay. Um, how do we how do we make sure that every member of the Nexion family behaves congruently with our DNA every single day? I think that's the, well, that's that's the a, greatest challenge. Yes, that is. Yeah. That's massive. How are you going to go about it, that? It, exactly. It, you know, it's so it's so easy to to lose our way, you know, along the way. I guess I guess it all starts from the recruitment process, you know, where we make sure that or we try our best to yeah. find yeah. every prospective candidate uh, that has the attributes to be extremely self-driven, a uh, great sense of their own why and stakeholder focus. But I suppose a good thing um, that you've got a few filters, right? Throughout that, you've got Alex, you've got Adam. Yeah, you, you know, yourself. You've also got some other key people within Next Wave that you can get their perspectives on it as well. So actually, exactly. it, you know, it'll sound, exactly. it will end up being like a Robert Waters interview round, which is like 20 rounds, takes takes a good couple of weeks <laughs> where you're absolutely, yeah. they're absolutely exhausted. You're testing resilience after all those interviews, I can tell you. Um, so, so your biggest yeah. challenge then would be kind of creating that culture. What about it from a... Um, what about it from a from a from a work sense? What do you see as with with sort of COVID nineteen at the moment? What do you what are your sort of your biz, biggest challenges on that side? Oh, you mean in terms of COVID nineteen? Yeah, or, how, yeah. How's or, that been for you mm. as a you know coming into the business and obviously being hit with this pandemic? How's that affected business? Mm. I guess uh, generally speaking, all sectors have been affected to varying degrees. Um, some areas, including the property and real estate space has been hit the hardest. Well, maybe probably the interior design architecture uh, space uh, adversely affected a bit less uh, to a lesser extent. I guess um, uh, Annexion definitely, uh, just like any other recruitment companies out there, has been thrown a spanner yeah. <laughs> in the works. Yeah, so, rubbish. Uh, we, yes, correct. We, we are definitely moving sl- slower than than uh, what we probably should be doing. Um, you know, nevertheless, uh, we are projected to uh, cash flow break even by the end of June, uh, assuming all our outstanding really invoices are paid. And uh, I think this fingers is also... A... <laughs> yeah. Send, send so this podcast to your clients. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess um, 
most importantly, uh, this is the time for us to invest our relationships. Invest our time in 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 that relationship building with uh, our clients, our candidates, um, how? and to how yeah what to, does to that look, look at, like to look at who mm, to look at who are the really high potential candidates that has been uh, displaced in the market. How can we help them uh, to to get that uh, visibility uh, you know, in front of our clients? And from our client's point of view, I think it's really important uh, to to think of think of for them to think of us as a partner rather than a transactional. Uh, yeah. So having a transactional relationship, so it's really important to look at what kind of requirements they are looking at, uh, what kind of support they are looking at, and how can we tweak, how can we pivot our solutions to meet their requirements. A clients a clients um, more accessible at the moment because they're all at home. You feel they're easy to get hold of. Yes, 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 and no. Yes and no. Uh, yes, because if we have their mobile numbers, of course they are more accessible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because you know if they, we don't have their mobile numbers, it's just an office number or email, right? So right. that's when it gets a bit tougher to to get access to them. Oh yeah, that's mm. true. But yeah. the, well, never never say never, right? You know, sometimes I I do give I do give a call uh, to the office line, and guess what? It got redirected to nice, number. <laughs> nice that's smart that's what you need that's exactly what you need yeah um, just try it just hustle <laughs> just just go just going back on to kind of skills or characteristics of people setting up their own firm I mean if people are looking to set up their own business and I mean I know it's still sort of early days for you um but what do you think are the most important skills that you're going to be sort of leaning into more now that you're going to be running this business I know I know it's not you're mm. not completely on your own but this yeah. is, you know, this is still a big gig for you. So, what what mm. would you say you need? To be successful. I, I I'm still quite new and uh, has a, have a lot of figure out still. Uh, I recognize that uh, different startup leaders have uh, might have different approaches. Mm. So uh, for me, what what work, uh, what what has been working for me are these four attributes. Uh, really being a hustler, just hustler, never afraid to knock on doors. Mm. Um, really being determined. Um, that even if you face rejections, uh, it's part and parcel of uh, hustling, right? I um, and I always tell myself this, and I tell my team members this, right? Um, knocking two doors and trying to get one door open is never easier than knocking ten doors and getting <laughs> one door open. Yeah. So it's just just focusing on hitting that objective of hitting 10 doors and not focusing on who opened the doors. Uh, I think, I think uh, that, that will help us to uh, get through difficult times sometimes or most of the times. And, and, and it's very, very important to be positive you know, in this journey. Uh, of course, uh, personally, I, I have the blessing to really be able to talk through some of my uh, uh, obstacles challenges with uh, adam adam and alex with uh, some of my friends in next wave um and also you know being able to talk to my close close ones as well so uh it's so important to talk it through talk it out um so that we can get back that mm. uh, that positive mindset and then of course uh have some actionable next steps to work on and and really, I think I think it's so important that in this journey is to be humble, ask for advice when yeah. uh, 
uh, I need help. Yeah. And not thinking that I'm the lone ranger running this journey. There are so many people cheering. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the sidelines. So it's so important to to ask for help uh, during this period. Uh, but Andrea, I, I'm also curious to get your view. What do you think? Like, oh, what do you find instead to be important characteristics of skills over, over that, that you've seen in other startup leader. leaders and yeah. who are proven successful? I've, I mean, I, I suppose I just look at all the people that I know that have set up. I mean, we've obviously had Paul Endicott that's just set up his own firm. Obviously, I know Alex and Adam really well. Yeah. Um, you know, I know another couple of guys um, that, well, I know a lot of people that have set up their own recruitment firms. I think sometimes when mm. you've got a couple of people working together, I think it's been able to find that balance. Like yourself, you've been able to find that the personalities with your two bosses, that that works, right? So that they're quite, you know, everyone could be quite different. And I think that's good. And it's good that if you've come from different perspectives, that you can look at things at different angles. Um, because I think it's way more enriching than just having one way of looking at things. Um, I like the I like the hustle that you that you mentioned. Never be afraid to sort of knock on doors. Um, I, I think you're right. I think sometimes in recruitment, if you've been doing it for a while and you do, and, and people are then moving into their own business, and if if it's their own money, they're always going to be way more motivated to go the mm. extra mile. And I think sometimes you can be sitting in a recruitment firm for a long time, time being paid a nice salary. It's quite safe you don't always have that same hunger to want mm. to go the extra mile um, and that, that kind of tenacity to, to think, well, why can't I go and talk? Why can't I just pick up the phone and speak to the CEO? If I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. <laughs> so why not? What are you mm. going to say? They don't want to suit me. Okay, fine. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, and I think it's, it's, I, I think for anyone starting out their own businesses, just to still have the love and the passion for recruitment, because I think it's going to be tough this year. I think, yeah. um, I think if you've got people around you like yourself that can actually bounce ideas and, and you're right, being able to say, look, I don't know the next steps. I'm not sure which direction mm. to go here. Um, mm, I'm thinking mm, this way. What are your thoughts? What what do you think could be a problem with that? You know, and, and just be able to be open to hearing other people's ideas because I think sometimes when you put that hat on and say, I'm, mm. the, I'm the boss, I should know all the answers where we all know we don't have all the answers at all, especially with times like this where it's completely changing. Um, mm. so I, I, I think, uh, I think this year's, it's going to be interesting to see which firms, uh, come through, come through, but it's, it mm. comes through at the other end and are more successful and better for it. Mm. And there will be those firms mm. that will be better for it through the way that they've communicated. They've led their people through this time. Mm. Um, I think mm. what's quite interesting with next wave is cause obviously I coach one of the emerging leaders there. And I just absolutely love, love, love the fact that there is this huge emphasis on training and it's internal training, yeah. external training, wherever they can get it, self-learning, right. just that curiosity for learning new things, you know, whether it's the, yeah. the library of all different books or, hey, listen, <laughs> I mean, I send the yeah. podcast and just, oh, look, listen to this thought of you. You know, I just think that that curiosity that they have got as part of their, um, their culture means that, yeah. that they will be constantly quite agile because they're learning new things, you know, all the time or, or listening yeah. to what else people are doing. They're not necessarily saying they're, they're yeah. coming up with all the ideas. They don't need to. Sometimes yeah. you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I always find that it can be, they, they, they can, uh, they can inspire me to, um, to, to do things because I think it, they're just constantly pushing each other in all directions, which I think is going to be brilliant for you. I think it's going to be an absolutely brilliant opportunity for you. Um, I just want to go on to I want to go on to your personal achievements a little bit more. Just get to know you a little bit more. 
Um, I talked about what your biggest fee was um, before. Um, what, which parts of the recruitment process, so which parts of the recruitment process right now do you find a challenge? Um, just because obviously we're in a times where it is a lot tougher, you're working from home. I know it's, hopefully it's not going to be for too much longer. But for, yeah. for those kind of recruiters out that are facing the same problems, what, what problems are you currently facing and what advice would you give to some recruiters that are listening right now? It could be any, okay. it could be on it could be a number of things, but just keen to hear what that right. might be. Sure, uh, I guess the most important or the biggest challenge is really convincing our clients to pull the trigger and hire now. Right. <laughs> um, you know, most of our clients are holding on until circuit breaker uh, measures ease. Uh, so it's a big challenge. Uh, to convince them that hey, now is the time to hire, so despite so, the market conditions. So they're interviewing, but they're not necessarily putting offers out. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I have, I have interviews. Uh, you know, that happened before the circuit breaker measure oh, okay. uh, got implemented, and then it got held off. Uh, especially when construction in Singapore uh, has stopped, right? Yeah. So um, to them, it is not as urgent as compared to really getting their internal uh, administration sorted out, making sure that they have some visibility uh, of the market before they, they look at bringing in new people. What's their biggest so, concern then? What's, their, what, what's the worst case scenario for them that, 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 that they hire someone that they haven't met face-to-face? What's the worst thing that could happen for them, do you think then? It's not necessarily hiring somebody who hasn't met who, who they haven't met face to face is more of a question of um, whether uh, they can uh, take on the cash flow, take on right. the additional outflow, right. right, of hiring somebody uh, and not knowing what the future, immediate future holds for them. Right. Uh, and Singapore is in such a fluid position right now mm. that every day, every week, things change, right? Uh, we could say that by the 1st of June, the circuit breaker would have eased but uh, in reality it only eased for certain critical uh, yeah industries. we can only get a hair done we, can't, we still can't go for a drink exactly <laughs> exactly things. so, so yeah. it, it, it's so uncertain mm. uh, and that of course uh, you know doesn't give much good news for, for any uh, of, of the, the companies that is looking to hire uh, I think obviously um, there will be a need to hire. It's a matter of when. Yeah. So, so if so, if I'm coming from a startup perspective, right? In, in for for startups or for any companies right now who is looking to survive, liquidity is key, and yeah. liquidity means that we need cash coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's about whether we can get them to pull the trigger right now. Uh, that's more important rather than pulling the trigger six months. So, later. how can you try and so, do that then? How can you try? And I guess. Imp- uh, I guess you all start. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess I guess it starts from really the initial phase of uh, our qualification with the partners, uh, finding out uh, the immediate needs of uh, our clients, uh, and looking at how our solutions are able to meet the needs immediately. And and not only to for them to tell us whether they need it immediately, but for us to to paint them a picture of the consequence of not hiring immediately. Yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, I think uh, in this current market, the, the silver lining is that great candidates are out there right now. Yeah. And they, they, they are probably 
uh, more open to adjusting their expectations from be it non-monetarily or monetarily. So, so it is a great opportunity for companies who want to bring in great candidates to elevate their business to the next level. Yeah, because they to, can miss out on them, right? As soon as everyone gets yeah, back to normal, whenever that day is, yeah, um, they, yeah, they may the not have that opportunity with, again. Yeah. Exactly. And the great news is with less expectations from the candidates rather than inflated ones in good times. Yes, right? so exactly. Why, when is it better than now, right? <laughs> so what are the types of um, roles that are still in demand? Like if you were to look at your job portfolio now, what types of roles do you tend to find that, you know, they're still on? Okay, the process is a little bit slower, but what roles are still hiring? I think there, there are a couple of potential opportunities um, that I've observed uh, still moving ahead of the market, you know, despite the current downturn. Of course, you know, we 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 look at. In, I mean, in the biggest scheme of things, Singapore has been pushing for uh, the uh, a digitized nation, and to to be to be digitized, right? There has there has to be a lot of infrastructure that has to be built uh, on the back end of it to support that okay. digitization. Okay. So so. W- Opportunities around that area uh, in the Smart Nation initiative is is something that um, you know I have been looking into to see uh, where are these pockets of uh, um, growth areas that are they are still looking. Into. Are there candidates with that digital digital background within those industries? Are they on the ground here in Singapore, or do they have to be brought in? You know the skill set for those. No, roles. oh, all oh, right. Um, I guess I guess um, in the current market there is still a talent shortage of right. such candidates right. who are able to infuse technology with the brick and mortar infrastructure. Mm. Um, there are still candidates in Singapore, right, and who have been brought in to Singapore prior. So um, of course, those are the candidates that we try to push to to fill up those uh, talent shortage, um, but. Um, there are of course uh, talents that uh, is not in Singapore, so so we we try to see what we can do to work around. Maybe not immediately, but uh, hiring them, but to to probably um, you know get some form of paperwork sorted out, so that when the government indeed eases the the restriction, uh, then we can bring them on board. Right. Um, is there is there more of a surge on kind of contract roles coming up, or is that not so much within built environment? I guess there has been a steady demand for contract hires and uh, we predict the demand to increase in the post-COVID-19 environment. Um, we are able to leverage on a next wave expertise and resources um, in the contract management, financing and back office operations. Right, so they've got the infrastructure. Um, so the type, ha- so, what, yeah. so what are the types of roles then that are, because Singapore ne- is, is kind of one of those funny markets, isn't it? It's big on IT contract, but it's still not like Australia mm. or the UK for... A huge mm-hmm. contract yet. Um, so mm. within built environment, then are there are there contract assignments coming up, or is there more perm assignments? Yes, I think I think contract assignments across a diverse set of uh, roles, uh, even in very specialized roles where um, our clients probably don't need to to bring them on board on a permanent basis. Right. So that's when they they look at it from a a, a contract point of view. Um, from a from a site uh, level type of role, of course, that's when the quantity comes in to be able to really bring them on board to 
complete the construction in short period of time. Uh, and because they are more project based, um, that's why uh, it's more uh, it's, it's critical that companies don't really bring them on board on a permanent basis. Mm, so, okay. so there are different dimensions uh, in the built environment where contract hires can actually happen. Okay. And in the post-19 uh, world, I guess uh, there probably will be a lot more uh, demand for contract hires for uh, highly specialized roles um, because, because they, are, they, they are fairly on a high high which scale yeah so yeah. Uh, companies probably don't want to put them uh, under under their balance sheet <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so, so i guess the, the alternative is to put them on a contract got it okay uh, so let, let so bringing me sort of um to what the future looks like for for what you you know if, if i was to sit down with you at christmas time hopefully I, over a nice glass of wine um with 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 Alex and Adam <laughs> yeah. and you, that would be lovely. Those yeah. lovely dreams. Yeah. Um, how? What would you like to be? What would you? Where, where would you like to be by by the end of the year in terms of your business? That you could say that was where I wanted to be. That's what I'm happy. <laughs> we we hope to grow our Singapore team in a sustainable and progressive manner through bringing in high potential candidates. So how many training these consultants? <laughs> Huh? How many? Huh? How many? How many do you want? How many? Oh, goals! I want. I want to. I want to hold you to it. <laughs> by 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 the end of this year, hopefully, we could have uh one or two more consultants okay. joining okay. joining that's, uh, that's next year. Re- that's realistic. Yeah, that's realistic. That's realistic. I yeah, like that, so that, I like that. You know, <laughs> so we can start off. We can start off two zero two one. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a stronger footing. Yep. Uh, and position ourselves uh, for a more aggressive growth. Uh, journey, uh, but of course, I think it's so important not to not to focus too much on the the numbers, but to focus on making sure that every consultant that comes in is successful. Mm-hmm. They can they 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 are high performing, so that we can then scale up, uh, sustainably, mm-hmm. progressively, and then you know, over time build a high performance team. Um, we we have an equity scheme to as a retention strategy uh-huh, to. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so, you so do feed allow... for Annexon for Annexon Partners. They you got an equity scheme for that as well, for you as yes. well. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, we do that. We we do have that. Mm. Uh, so that we can allow high performing consultants to have a have a stake in the success uh, of the like business. I like it. I like it. Yes, and and hopefully thereafter we can expand the Annexon team to East Asia, Australia, US, Europe, wow. and Hong Kong. Yeah, and and we. That that's another reason why I think it's so strategic for me to partner with Alex and Adam because um you know next wave uh has uh has an existing international infrastructure to scale globally uh they now have business entities set up in Singapore New York London yeah, and Australia yeah. so yeah. uh it so you just can jump on the back of that sense. can't you yeah exactly we can leverage on the yeah. existing infrastructure and and just follow that similar international growth trajectory we continue to leverage uh, on them to enter markets from a financing and operating so, so do you so do you feel do you feel the pressure right now do you feel the pressure for for what you need to achieve by the end of the year in these in the in this kind of market i feel the pressure from myself not no. from not from Alex and adam uh, for myself because uh i guess i i i I have this uh, compulsive uh, trait in me <laughs> to 
to really push myself to to achieve what I've set myself to achieve. Okay. Uh, so you're the one so, that's putting the pressure on yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, my, even my girlfriend calls me a machine. <laughs> Does she? Blimey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> not good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, could be in some circumstances, I suppose. Um, okay. Well, I want to wish you an absolutely fantastic year ahead. I really hope that you manage to get two fantastic consultants to come in and build that business for you and Thank I you. think hopefully the built environment will bounce back and we'll, we'll see our lovely buildings getting built again in Singapore and, and elsewhere yeah. um, and good yeah. luck for yourself as a as an emerging leader for an Exim Partners and building something special you, and taking the courage to do something on your own which was pretty which is pretty yeah. brave um, so I, I, I'll say good luck to you. I, you know, I hope it goes really, really well. Thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate your your advice as well. No, you're uh, absolutely welcome. All, hope yes, some of it made sense. All, all in my books. <laughs> all in the books. Ready to implement. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time, Andrea. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.